Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Hey, Dayspring, you look wonderful. You know, can I just tell you something? I am so proud and encouraged by you. I really am. Last night, I went to sleep around 1230, and I woke up at 4 o'clock. Just how excited and grateful I was for what has been happening these last few days. I just, I, I just want to say to you, because a lot of times you're good at giving me compliments, but I just want to say to you that I see you, and I'm proud and I am encouraged in the way you have sought the Lord the last few days. How you fasted, have you prayed, have you done your devotionals, have you served, have you attended? Like, it's definitely have been worth it, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, yesterday I walked into church and uh, uh, Kathy came up to me and she she, she, she said, you know, Pastor Nestor, on Friday, I, I didn't want to come to church. Like, I didn't want to come. I got out of work early, and I went home, and I didn't want to come, but I knew I needed to come. And she said, and I'm glad I did, because everything Pastor Rene said, I'm sure other people felt this way, but I felt that God wanted me to be here, because everything he said was for me. And as she's saying, there's, there's tears going down her eyes. It, there's a young man, Gonzalo, who last night, I, I, I woke up this morning and I read his post and he was talking about uh, how he got really busy with work and uh, he just kind of committed to work and he even let us know that he wasn't going to be able to serve anymore because he needed to work. Well, they cut his hours. And last week, he went to some retreat, and uh, in that retreat, he had an encounter with God, and he realized that he needed to put God first, so he left that retreat early to be here at church last Sunday. And I didn't know none of this, right? So I reached out to him in the middle of the week, and I was like, hey, Gonzalo, you think you're going to help us Saturday night with the live streaming? And, And he said yes. And in his testimony that he wrote on social media, he said that not only did he get his full hours back, he got a promotion. You see what happens when when you seek God and you put God first? Where's Eric? Eric, what what the last two days been for you, man? You know, I, I look at Eric and the way the Lord has touched him. My wife and a bunch of people are doing such an amazing job with the kids. I'm not kidding. Next year, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in there with them. She was sharing some of the things that, the, that, that they've experienced. The kids are worshiping. They're dancing in the Lord. Tonight, they're going to have an altar call, and they're going to anoint our kids so that they get baptized with the Holy Spirit. It has been worth it. And I just want to let you know how encouraged, how proud I am. And I also just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who has served and who gave. We did this together. We did it together. It wasn't me. It wasn't any other pastor. It wasn't one person. It was all of us. And and, and I just want to say, I just want to say that I love you and I am proud of you. Amen. Now, you ready? 
Can we go into God's word? You know, the goal of this weekend has been to fall in love with Jesus again. And in order to do that, God had to remind us that we needed a fresh start. And God had to remind us that we needed a renewal of our mind. But today, I believe he's going to bring us home and he's going to renew our passion, our love for him. Here's why. Love for Jesus is foundational to our faith. The way you love God is by loving Jesus. And the way God demonstrates his love for you and for me is through Jesus. See, it is love that transforms us. That's why we need to be renewed in our love. Are you with me? Let's pray and then I'll start preaching. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for what you're doing, for what you're going to do, Lord. I believe this weekend is going to change the trajectory of our lives and our spiritual lives, Lord. We are here in your presence and we say, Lord, have your way with us. Your way is better. Speak to us. Change us. We want to walk out better than we walked in. And we want to go back to work better than we left on Friday. And we want to parent better than we have parent. And we want to have better marriages than we've had. And in order to do all that, we need your love. We need to learn to fall in love with you again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, it's easy to fall in love, isn't it? Everybody does it. 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds are still wanting to fall in love. Falling in love is easy. Everyone does it. And in our days, they do it more than once. Sometimes at the same time. Falling in love is really easy. I think it's something that I would dare to say everybody in this room has experienced. Falling in love is not hard. What's hard is staying in love. Falling in love is easy. Staying in love, that's a different story. But in order to stay in love, you need to fall in love. Again and again and again and again. Not with different people, the same one. Because some people are saying, they're saying, Pastor, I've always remained in love. And they have like three husbands or four wives and two side chicks. I I heard Renette preach this way, so I'm taking a little liberty, okay? He gave you guys heart and you were laughing. I was like, all right, they're in it for tomorrow. I'm always trying to be careful with you and, you know, not, not. So, so you're getting, no, I'm joking, right? Staying in love requires falling in love again and again and again. I've known Lorena since we were seven years old. We dated for over eight years and we've been married for 16, going to 17 years. You know why we're still together? Number one, because God is faithful. But number two, because I've made it my task to fall in love with her over and over and over and over. That's been my secret. That's been my work. I'll be honest with you. There's days she doesn't like me. I can tell. (laughs) And there's days that if I'm honest, I don't like her very much. (laughs) 
married people understand this. But I don't call it quits. I seek to fall in love with her over and over and over and over again. Because in order to stay in love, it requires us to fall in love again and again and again. And what is true of our marriage, what is true of relationships, is true of our relationship with Jesus. We need to fall in love with him over and over and over again. See, the Bible says that love is the most powerful force in the world. It says that when everything is said and done, three things will remain. Faith, hope, and what? But which one's the greatest? Love. Love. Love is the greatest force on earth. Love is the the reason Jesus left us glory. Love is the reason Jesus sought you out. Love is the reason Jesus gave himself for you and for me. Love is the reason Jesus doesn't give up on you, although we're knuckleheads. Love is the reason Jesus is coming back for you and for me to take us home. See, Jesus loves you. And and please hear me and let let it sink when I say this because I know at times it's become a cliche. No one can love you. No one has loved you the way Jesus loves you. Nobody has done for you what Jesus has done for you. He has always loved you. There has never been a moment, and think about your worst moment. Think about your biggest mistakes. Think about when you were the most rebellious. Think about when you were the nastiest. And even at those times, Jesus never stopped loving you. He loved you, per- he loved you perfectly. He loved you faithfully. And he loved you completely. And the greatest truth that we could hear is that we are loved by Jesus. Now, there shouldn't be any doubt of his love for us. And the question today is not, does Jesus love me? The question today is, do you love him? How much do you love him? How strong is your love for him? Can I get a little deeper? What has it cost you to love him? Because if it doesn't cost you anything, then you might not love him. Because this costs me a lot to love Lorena. And I'm not just talking financially. And love has a great price. I've had to deny myself. I, I, I've had to humble myself. I, 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 I've had to do so many things in order to stay in love with the woman that God gave me. So if you say you love Jesus, what does it cost you to love him? See, here's the thing. Loving Jesus is not just foundational for our faith. It's not just the motivation that should drive us. But according to God's word, loving Jesus is the greatest commandment in the Bible. It's not only a suggestion. It's not just a, well, here's a good idea. It is a commandment. It is the greatest commandment. In Matthew chapter 22, the story tells us that these religious leaders are asking Jesus and they're trying to trap him. And one of them goes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He says, out of all 
things that we're supposed to do and not do, what is number one? What is first? What is supreme? And look at what Jesus answered. Yes, some of you guys know it. In Matthew 22, 37, right there in your outlines, look at what he says. He says, Jesus replied, you must what? Love your job. Love your kids. Love your dog. Love your nation. Love your sorry team that's all in one. No. The greatest commandment is what? You must love the Lord your God. Now, let me tell you something. Many people stop there. And they said, yeah, I love God. I love him. But what I love about Jesus is that he tells us how that love is ought to be expressed. And he says, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your soul, and what? All your mind. Jesus summarizes over 27,000 verses in the Old Testament. And he says, the number one, the greatest thing is to love me. In a book about do's and don'ts, Jesus says, the number one commandment is love and to love me. What matters most is not what you think. What matters most is not what you do. What matters most is do you love me? Now, think about this. Think about this. I was thinking about it. Why wouldn't Jesus say the greatest commandment is to pray to me? The greatest commandment is to honor me? The greatest commandment is to worship me? That's a good one, right? The greatest commandment is to obey me? The greatest commandment is to give Why would Jesus not say those things? Why would Jesus say, the greatest commandment is to love me? I'll give you two reasons why. Number one, because God is not a force or an idea. God is a creator who wants a relationship with you and with me. Think about that. There's people that don't like you and they don't even know you. And God knows every nasty thing about you and he still wants a relationship with you. See, God doesn't want you to give him your thoughts and prayers. He wants you to give him your love. So the, the first reason why Jesus says the greatest commandment is love is because Jesus, God created you to be loved and to love him back. And we are most alive when we are loving him and receiving his love for us. So that's the number one reason he wants you. Think about that. Some of you, your parents forsake you. Some of you, a spouse abandoned you. Some of you, your parents have been nasty to you. But God says, no, I want you. I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. And yes, I know about your secret sin. And yes, I know about your nasty attitude. And yes, I know about your laziness. And yes, I know about your mistakes. But I still want to have a relationship with you. The second reason why Jesus says that love is the greatest commandment and not all those other things is another big one. Because here's the thing. You could worship. You could serve. You could pray. You could give and not love Jesus. You could come to church and not love Jesus. In fact, there's a lot of people that come to church that don't love Jesus. 
You can do all those things and not love him. But you can't love Jesus and not do all those things. You can't be in love with Jesus and not want to talk to him. You cannot be in love with Jesus and not want to serve him. You cannot be in love with Jesus and not want to know him. See, that loving Jesus is the secret to the Christian life. When we are not in love with Jesus, worship, coming to church, prayer, serving, giving, all those things, they're chores. We got to strike. We got to push. I don't want to go to church today, but if I don't, Pastor Ness is going to call me on Monday, so I'd rather go. <laughs> and you're striding. You're, you're, it's a chore for you. But when you love Jesus, you glide through those things. That's how much love matters. Reminds me of a story. This story says that this woman married a man, and the man was a mean man. He was an, a bad man. He was very machista, and uh, he demanded and expected of her to do chores around that house. He expected a meal every day when he got to work. He expected to, her to always have his clothes clean and to clean the house and do all those chores. And this woman was miserable because she didn't feel like a wife. She felt like a slave. One day, this man died. And after, after a few years, she fell in love with another man and she married him. And this man was a good man, a man that loved her. And after a few years of marriage, one day she realized that she was still doing the chores that her ex-husband husband required her to do but they didn't feel like choice. You know why? Because she was doing it out of love and not out of obligation. Amen. See, for many people, they're frustrated and they feel like, I got to push myself to pray. I got to push myself to go to church. You know why? Because you're either lacking love for Jesus or your love for Jesus is low. That's why it's the greatest commandment. So let me ask once again, do you love Jesus? How much do you love him? See, when we first come to Christ, we love Jesus. We're crazy for Jesus, right? We tell everybody we pose. We wear Christian shirts, right? We're early to church and we stay late after church because we love Jesus. But then we get betrayed. Then we get talked about. Then we get hurt. Then we get busy. Then life happens, and life tends to knock the love of Jesus out of us. And that's why it's important for us to fall in love with him again and again and again and again. I love something Heliana told me last week. Uh, we're talking about, about football teams, and uh, I, had, I had mentioned to her that I made fun of Alex um, because I told him that the logo for the Raiders is a cholo from Pacoima, you know? <laughs> and I told Eliana, oh, I'm sorry, you're from Pacoima. And I don't know if she knows this, but she's very poetic. She comes up with these really good sayings. And she said this to me. She said, it's not where you start, it's where you end. Right? Where, where do you want to end? I'm not talking about the Raiders. That's a horrible place to end. <laughs> Where do, you, where do you want to end? In love with Jesus 
or far from Jesus. So I got 15 minutes and I want to do three things really quick. You with me? Number one, I want to encourage you to love Jesus. I want to give you four benefits of loving Jesus. Then I want us to look at what Jesus said on how we need to love Jesus. Hear me out. Hear me out. You don't get to determine how you love Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I can only go on Sunday. I know Pastor Nestor expected us Friday and Saturday, but those are my days. Your day is Sunday. You don't get to decide that. He gets to decide that. If you decide how you love Jesus, then you don't love the right Jesus. But the third thing I want to do, I want us to ask Jesus to renew our love. And I'm going to give you the number one secret to falling in love with Jesus again and again and again. Are you with me? Are you ready? You can fill this out. There's an outline in your bulletin. Let's look at the four benefits of loving Jesus. Number one, and there's more, but I don't have a a whole lot of time, right? Number one, the first benefit of loving Jesus is fellowship with God. When you love Jesus, you will have fellowship with God. Let me say it in a Pacoima Raider Cholo kind of way, okay? When you love Jesus, God wants to hang out with you. God wants to kick it with you. Can I prove that to you? Look at what John 14, 23 says. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. And look at this next part. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with what? With them. You know why there's Christians that get no visitation from God? Because there's no affection for God. Some people have not experienced God, have not heard God, have not got had move in their lives because they have no affection for God. By the way, believing in Jesus without loving Jesus, that's religion. And when you love Jesus, the first thing that happens is that God wants to be around you. Because we like to be around people that love us. We don't like to be around people that nag us and make fun of us and treat us poorly and talk about us. We want to be around people that what? That love us. You want God to show up in your life more? You want God to move in your life? Learn to love Jesus. The second benefit of loving Jesus is greater obedience. It's greater obedience. And I'll tell you why this is important. But look at what Jesus says in John 14, 15. If you what? Love me, you will keep what? My commandments. The key to obedience is love. When you love Jesus, it is easier to obey what he asks of us to do. When you don't love him, That's when you're striding. That's when you got to make all this effort. That's when you got to push yourself. But when you love him, love propels you to do what he's asked you to do. Now, I know obeying Jesus doesn't sound like a benefit, but here's why that's important. Every single blessing in the Bible is tied to obedience. The more you obey, the more blessings that come your way. Every time we obey God in an area, he blesses us in that area. 
You obey God with your finances, he will bless you in your finances. You obey God in your mental health, he will bless you in your mental health. You you obey God in your marriage, he will bless your marriage. And the way to have greater obedience is to love Jesus, to be in love with him. You know why I obey Lorena? Not because I'm a mandilon, I'm not. Because I love her. I do. The third benefit of loving Jesus is prospering in life. It's prospering in life. Romans 8, 28, you may be familiar with this verse. Look at what it says. And we know that God causes to work together for the good of those who what? Who go to church on Sunday? Who put a fish sticker in their car? (laughs) Who download the Bible app on their phone? Who love him? See, there's a bunch of people mad at God. Oh, God didn't take care of me. God didn't protect me. Why? God is working for the good of those that love him. You know why that means you can prosper in life? Because then you become like Joseph. And you're able to say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So when people try to demote you, God will promote you. When people try to hurt you, God will heal you. When people try to break you, God will strengthen you. And God takes the evil that happens around us and he uses it for the good of those that what? Love him. Love him. I love my kids. And at times, I remember in one occasion, I'm not going to give you all the details because then you might wonder if that's you and it's not you. But in one occasion, we were at a birthday party and they were passing out these things and uh, Nathan wanted one and they didn't give him one. They didn't give him one. And he started crying. And you know what I told him? Well, what I really wanted to tell them is those people are mean and they suck, but but that's not what I told them. (laughs) You know what I told them? I said, dude, I got you. Don't worry, we're going to go to the store and we're going to get whatever you want. I took a bad situation and made it better for him. And that's what God will do when you love him. Fourth thing, fourth thing, fourth benefit of loving Jesus. The fourth benefit of loving Jesus, it's God's protection over you. Look at Psalm 145, 20. It says, the Lord takes care of all who what? Who love him. Can I tell you the number one reason people don't love Jesus? Because they're too busy loving themselves. When you're too busy taking care of yourself, you won't love Jesus. And when you don't love Jesus, he can't protect you. See, you can't get mad at God and say, God, why did you allow this to happen if you are not loving God? His promise of protection is upon those who what? Love him. Love him. When you love him, he protects you. He's there to guard you. He's there to fight for you. He's your champion. But if you're too busy taking care of yourself, well, then you got to fend for yourself. And don't come crying when you can't make it. 
So loving Jesus has great benefits. Now, what I want to do next is I want us to look at how we are to love Jesus. What does it look like to love Jesus? Because see, especially in English, the word love is very watered down, right? Like you use love like, oh, I love chocolate chips and I love Lorena, right? It's like, I, I love my dog and I love my kids. So, so when we are talking about loving Jesus, what does that look like? Jesus tells us. Let's read again Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with what? All your mind. Hear me out. Jesus is not breaking down the areas that we need to love him. What Jesus is doing there, he's painting a picture and here's what he's saying. I want you to love me fully. I want you to love me with everything. Everything has got to be mine or nothing at all. The idea is to love Jesus fully. He will not take anything less than all of you. Now, how do we fully love Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at what Jesus said. Number one, to love Jesus fully, you got to love him with all your heart. You got to love him with all your heart. You know what it means to love Jesus with all your heart? It means that you love him with a passion. You love him with affection. You love him with your desires. You love him with your emotions. You love him from the deepest part inside of you. When you love Jesus, you raise your hands. When you love Jesus, you sing. When you love Jesus, you cry because that's what it means to love Jesus with all your heart. Ladies, what what would it look like if your husband came and he said, here, I love you, and he threw some flowers at you? (laughs) You'd grab those flowers and whack them in the head. Right? In fact, guys, those of you that are married, what's one of our wife's biggest complaints? We don't show emotion, right? It's like, hear me out. Be more sympathetic, right? Well, the same is true of Jesus. To love Jesus fully, you got to love him with all your heart. You got to love him with affection. You got to love him with passion. You got to love him with emotion. It is fascinating to me that people will celebrate a home run at Dodger Stadium, but will not bother to raise their hands in church. I mean... When Manolo goes to Dodger Stadium, that guy's high-fiving the whole section. (laughs) Sometimes I have to act like I don't know him, you know? (laughs) But then we come to church and we get all serious. Why? That's not me. No, no, I didn't say that was you, no. He talks too much at church. (laughs) To love Jesus fully is to love him with all your heart. To love him with your emotions, your passions. And here's the thing. You ready for this? When you love Jesus with all your heart, you won't have other idols. Work won't be more important than Jesus. Your kids won't be more important than Jesus. The gym won't be more important than Jesus. TikTok won't be more important than Jesus. Because you love him with all your heart. Number two, to love Jesus with fully 
It's to love him with all your soul. It's to love him with all your soul. Now, loving Jesus fully begins with our emotions, our passions. But it's got to move beyond that. It's got to it, it's got to get deeper. And to love Jesus with your soul, with all your soul, it means that you love him by the way you live. Right. It means that you follow and you obey what he commands. That you do what he says. That you have a lifestyle that has surrendered to God's will, to God's desires, to to God's ambition, to God's divine purposes for you. See, a lot of people love Jesus with their lips, but not with their life. And they love him with their heart, but they don't love him with their soul. Because when you love Jesus with your soul, you say stuff like, no, I can't do that. Not because because I'm religious, but because that doesn't please God. Because that doesn't align with God. I'm going to tell you something. I know some of you are going to get mad at me. But if you're more loyal to your job and your boss than you are to Jesus, something is greatly wrong. If it's easier for you to miss church than it is to say no to your work, your God is not Jesus, it's your job. To love Jesus fully, we gotta love him with our heart and our soul. But then Jesus also says the third thing, that to love Jesus fully, we gotta love him with all your mind. What does that mean? It means that our love for him is not blind. It means that our love for him It's not empty. It means that we get to know him. It means that we are thoughtful about getting to know what he's like, what he wants, and how he is. It means we think about ways to honor him. When you love Jesus with all your mind, you ready for this? Your mind is filled with the things from heaven and not the things of earth. When you love Jesus with all your mind, you think about him. I I read a story this week about an old lady who had just this reputation of loving Jesus. She would always think about Jesus. And one of the examples that they gave is that as she was getting older, they they took her to a home so that they, they, they had to put her in a home and they took her to check out a few homes And uh, they took her to the best home that they could find. And they showed her around. And they asked her, so what do you think? Do you like this place? And you know what her response was? She goes, I got to check what Jesus thinks about this place. Now that's somebody that loves Jesus with all their mind. So that's how we love Jesus fully. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Because that's hard, right? We fell at that. And that's why we got to fall in love with him again and again and again. So you can fill this out in your outline. Here's, here's the big takeaway. The key to loving Jesus again and again, you ready for this? This is how your love is renewed. The key to loving Jesus again and again is to remember his love for you is to remember his love for you. 1 John 4.19 says the following. 
It says we love because what? He first loved us. Listen to me. We don't do Jesus a favor by loving him. When we love him, we are only responding to his love. None of us love Jesus first. Jesus loved all of us first. Can I illustrate that to you? Some of you are married because you loved your spouse first. Because when they first met you, they didn't think you were attractive. They didn't think you were all that in a bag of chips. But you started treating them nice. You started buying them things. You started telling them nice things. And you know what happened? They fell for you. They're like, yeah, está feito, but he's nice. Yeah, está gordito, but he's generous. Yeah, he's got a crooked eye, but he takes care of me. See? Some, some, not me, because I had a, I had a win Lorena. I had to get her to fall in love with me. But some of you, you fell in love with the person you fell in love because of the way they acted towards you. They won you over with kindness and love. And suddenly you saw them different. Suddenly they were attractive and wonderful. And that is the secret to staying in love with Jesus, to remember how much he has loved you and loved me. Can I tell you how much Jesus has loved me? As a baby, when I was born into a dysfunctional home, Jesus loved me. As a kid, when I was the annoying kid, nobody could stand, Jesus loved me. As a rebellious teenager, Jesus loved me. As a youth who thought that he knew best, Jesus loved me. As an adult, when, when, when I would get too busy and too tired for him, Jesus loved me. When I went through my depression and I, was, and I, and I didn't want to live anymore, Jesus loved me. When I do a good job and I don't do a good job as a pastor, he loves me. There has never been a moment that Jesus hasn't fully loved me. And see, some of us don't, we've lost our love for him because we stop remembering how much he loves us. Do you want to know how much he loves you? You ready for this? Let me ask you a question before I answer that. How much do you think the father loves the son. How much do you think the father loves Jesus? I've been blessed to have a father who loves me. I don't doubt my dad's love. The guy is not perfect, but he's amazing. I know the love of an earthly father. But even then, my dad is not perfect. How much do you think the father loves Jesus? I bet we couldn't even put words to that. And look at what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Just as the Father loves me, I love you, Jesus says. That's powerful. You won't find that in your job. You won't find that in money. You won't find that in education. You won't find that anywhere else. 
Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain what? In my love. Here's the thing. I'm almost getting ready to finish. I don't know if the worship team can come. I want to answer a big question. Pastor Nestor, what happens if I don't fall in love with Jesus? What happens? Am I still saved? What happens if I stay as apathetic and dry and inconsistent as I have been? What happens? Does Jesus stop loving me? No. He doesn't stop loving you. But let me tell you, let me give you an illustration of what it's like to believe in God but not love Jesus. It's like being married but not loving your spouse. It's miserable. It's hard. And here's what my experience tells me. You eventually give up. When you're married with somebody you don't love anymore and you don't feel they love you anymore, you eventually give up. And if you don't renew your love for Jesus, it's only going to be a matter of time before you give up. So renew your love today. Start today. See, some of you are thinking, well, I got to fix this and I got to make these changes. No, 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 no. Start where you are right now. You can start again today. You can fall in love with Jesus uh, again. Not tomorrow, not next year, today. And we do that by remembering how much he's loved us. There's a story in the Gospels where Jesus was with the Pharisee. And this Pharisee was named Simon and he brought Jesus into his home. And as Jesus was with, with this group of religious leaders, a sinful woman. Another way of saying that is a prostitute. A prostitute walked in without saying anything and she wept at Jesus' feet and she anointed Jesus with an expensive perfume. The religious leader saw this and he said, man, if Jesus knew who that woman was, he wouldn't allow her to do those things. And Jesus replied to her, He said, Simon, when I walked in here, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't take care of me. But from the moment this woman walked in, she has not stopped washing my feet with her tears. She says, you know why she's acting like that when you're not acting like that? Because he who has been forgiven much loves much. What has Jesus forgiven you of? I bet you it's a lot. In fact, he's forgiving you about those things you haven't even confessed to the people you've done harm to. We got, we got to fall in love with him. It's the difference in our Christian walk. We're going to sing a song. And we're going to open up this altar. And I just want to invite you to come and spend some time in his presence. And say, God, thank you for all you've done. Renew my love. I want to fall in love with you. And to help you. Tony, can we turn down the lights? To help you, I want to read a passage to you. And whenever you're ready, you can start coming. But I want to read a passage to you. Look at how much Jesus loves you. Romans 5, 6 through 11 says, Christ Christ died for us at a time when we were helpless and sinful. 
No one is willing to die for an honest person, though someone may be willing to die for a truly good person. But God, God showed his love. God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us. And here's the thing. Even though we were sinful, he loved us not when we were at our best. He loved us when we were at our worst. When you were hung up on drugs, when you were hopeless, when you were broken, when you were stubborn, that's when he loved you the most. But there is more. Now that God has accepted us because Christ sacrificed his life's blood, we will also be kept safe from God's anger. Even when we were God's enemies, he made peace with us. Because his son died for us. Yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, we will be saved by the life of his son. And in addition to everything else, we are happy because God sent our Lord Jesus Christ to make peace with us. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.